You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I am Marcus, and uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, tuning in again. I've got somebody else's teeth in today, I swear. Um, yes, for another look at the unsung heroes, the working class heroes, I like to call them, the uh, Grassroots Music UK um, legends, if you like, these people who have played the game for many, many years, way before me, um, and uh, did a brilliant job. And I've been alerted to a fair few um, different pages and a few other things that um, might be worth or might be of interest to you as you listen in this week. Um, first of all, I want to thank um, Terry Stewart, um, uh, John Summerton, who was here, who was uh, interviewed last week. Um, and Terry St. Clair, who's um, still out there. And uh, those interviews were recorded a couple of years ago, but uh, never really saw the light of day on my channel because um, at the time they were a bit random. But all of a sudden they, they seemed to have a real purpose. And uh, Terry St. Clair's in particular um, was a really, really good one because it was talking about the history of Covent Garden. And he's, you know, uh, well into that, uh, well known and well respected. Um, and also Terry Stewards, as he was on the same circuit um, as the Pinkies and many, many other bands like that. Incidentally, just changing the subject ever so slightly, where the Pinkies are concerned, people have asked me, um, and indeed have been asking uh, Andy and Neville, um, have you got a release date for your digital streaming media um, released album? Um, I'm told it's the 21st um, of January, as they're trying not to... Um, get caught up in the Christmas uh, rush and they, they feel like a lot of the stuff won't get listened to because people will be listening to Christmas songs. And yeah, I agree with that. I think it's um, a wise decision. So I, I believe as things stand at the moment, 21st of January is the re-release of their uh, self-titled 1982 um, album. So I'm looking forward to that. Although those of you who have listened in um, will know that I have... Um, got a copy of it anyway because Andy very kindly gave me a, a fresh copy as it was being remixed um, by Jay Reynolds so um, I've heard it and it's a really great album all right um, the other thing I want to do um, this week is just to change subject ever so slightly um, I've been alerted to a, a piece of software called RIPX R-I-P-X and um, Although it's um, it's kind of people would sneer a little bit at it and stuff like that. Um, from a teaching point of view, it's been really, really helpful. You're able to um, knock the vocal off of um, tracks or individually select parts of it. And although the quality isn't, you know, crystal clear, I don't think you'd be able to remix an album. If you're trying to work out parts and stuff like that, then... Um, it's worth it. And by the way, this isn't a paid advert. This isn't something where they've said to me, oh, you need, I'm looking for sponsorship from them. Because to be honest, I'm not looking for sponsorship from them. It's just I've been using it this week to um, just zone in on a few bits that I needed to work on. Um, and I needed to learn, just to relearn a few songs. And um, rather than using some of the backing track sites like karaoke version and things like that, where you can get cover versions of the songs and and uh, isolate the parts um ripex gives you an opportunity to actually isolate the actual album um or the actual track itself and it's um obviously where copyright's concerned i mean you can't remix it and stuff like that but it's an absolutely brilliant piece of software particularly um if you have maybe some old demos that are really really bad but uh not not in terms of quality um 
you know, because I'm sure your songs are great. But just in terms of, of um, you know, just buzz and hiss and all the various stuff. And it might just enable you to zone in on a few things from that demo. It might have a spirit to it that you didn't have or you've not been able to capture since that you want to keep. And you might be able to take those parts um, and stick a new vocal on it or something like that. And um, I don't know, you do what you want with it, but it's a great piece of software. Now, I've had a few emails this week um, regarding, obviously, what I do and how I do it. And um, one, of, one of the emails, it wasn't really an email, it was a question a mate of mine rang me up. And he said, when you're doing these videos for YouTube, so they are going to happen. It's just at the moment, um, things are not always easy this time of year, as, as you can appreciate. Those of you that do this crazy job will know that this particular time of year, you're starting to... Um, get some stuff in for Christmas. If you're in a band, you're starting to rehearse the Christmas songs, get together and uh, piece together your set for Christmas. And plus the weather's turned as well. And the idea of me standing and singing a couple of songs isn't as appealing, but I will let you know one thing. And that is they've started to demolish the barge in Pitsy. Drove past it a couple of days ago. And um, so I need to get in quickly there if I'm going to sing um, on the site of it. But um, yeah, th that will happen. And I do have some footage which I need to uh, put together, but um, uh, I, I'm not asking for sympathy. But this time of year, it's not always easy um, because you start taking your Christmas bookings and um, start rehearsing for your Christmas shows. If if you do rehearse, I mean, I, it's not it's not like me to rehearse, certainly not to over rehearse, but um, to put things together. But um, this time of year, it's not always easy for me to get out on. The, I'm going to say location, but really, it's me and a me and a camera for an hour um but i will be doing that and i'm looking forward to doing that uh too so he, uh, he asked me about that he also um said to me about the grassroots um the road stories he said i like them they're nice little short snippets that's the idea of it really i got the idea from um a um there's a podcast which is called dad jokes and every single night um it goes out and there's like two and a half minutes of it, but it gets a lot of listeners because people like it as a little snippet. And I thought it was a good idea to just have it. So there's something there every every day. But look, I'm not I'm not trying to get listeners and loads and loads and listeners because I think to be fair, having you know ten thousand subscribers and having to put out something new every week would only bring its own problems. Where I can I'm concerned, I'll leave that to the people that want to do that. For me, I want to share my passion and I want to share my love for music, particularly at this level, and particularly at my level, which uh, was was pub and club level. And uh, although this Saturday I'm, I'm with Oasis up in Manchester, um, at a place called The Witchwood in Manchester, if anybody uh, listens in from up that way and you know it, that's where I am Saturday night. Um, but most of my shows are clubs, social clubs and things like that, um, and pubs, and some of the old pubs, that have come up in conversation were the ones that I played when I first started, Railway and Pitsy and um, places like that. Um, so let's get straight onto it. I had an email, actually, a very, very interesting email uh, from a friend of mine, Phil, who said, um, I found a page on there. He said, when I was listening to your interview with um, Andy and Neville, he said, um, you mentioned that you'd, uh, or not you, they, they mentioned that they toured with Leo Sayer and... Um, uh, he alerted me to a page on, um, well, on, on Google, basically, and it's called Vintage Rock's Weblog. Um, and I'm not sure what the gentleman's called, but he um, 
has written a review of a show, Leo Sayer, Newcastle City Hall, on the 23rd of April, 1976. Um, and that was the one um, where he said, support comes from Glider, a band that featured Dave Bronze on bass, who would go on to play with Eric Clapton. Um, so he writes a quick review about um, their um, music and how they you know, we're a nice, successful support band and uh, warm the audience up nicely. And then he talks about Leo's show and there's a couple of prints of the ticket that he had there as well. Um, so that was quite interesting to read, just to have a look through. So if Andy and Neville were trying to get an absolute date for the t- for one of their times, it was uh, 23rd of April 1976. They were at Newcastle City Hall with Leo Sayer. That was one of them, just to clear that up, because sometimes it's important to know the dates. I'm sure they have uh, diaries, and I'm sure they can look them up anyway. But uh, I was alerted to that, so I thought I'd share it with you. And also, uh, although it goes back a little bit, um, I was alerted to a page, um, invited to join a page um, by a gentleman called Peter Ellis, who um, there's a thing on there. That, remember the last time I spoke to you? You probably don't. You've probably already erased it from your memory. But the last time that we chatted, or more to the point, I chatted and you listened. If you stayed, that is. You might have turned me off and said, I can't listen to him flannelling on. Um, I was alerted to a page. I was talking about man. Remember, I'm, I'm going to have an interview with Roger Hoodless, who was uh, the manager of um, man for a while, who, of course, came from Wales. And um, Peter Ellis had uh, let me know that there was a page called uh, Welsh Rock and Pop of the 60s. Now, obviously, that's going back a little bit um, from, you know, about what what my um, website um, and what my, not my website, what my um, podcast is about. But he said to me, you might want to have a look at it. And you know what? It is fascinating. It talks about some of the big bands to come out of Wales um, that... uh, and also some of the Welsh venues, um, just just uh, off the top of my head, there was a mod group that came out of Wales called the Shevels. Um, and there was a, a venue in at Windsor called Ricky Tick Club. Um, and the Shevels were from Cardiff um, and they won. They moved to London uh, after they won a recording contract in a competition held at Sophia Gardens or Sophia Gardens in 1963. Um the drummer uh, returned to Wales and was replaced by a Londoner, Ray Stock. Um, and Tony Sheverton sang with them for a short while, um, hence the reason the band changed its name from the Afro-Cuban combo to the Shevels. Um, they were originally playing songs that were popular in Cardiff, but they realised that the London kids weren't interested in the old tunes, and they decided to modernise their repertoire, and, and they brought out some great singles, um, which are now quite rare, but that's the Shevels. Um, but uh, at the Ricky Tick Club in Windsor, way back in uh, 1963, the Shevels were there on the 3rd of September. The Chessmen were there on the 10th. Georgie Fame was there on the 17th. And on the fourth, uh, Sunday the 4th of September, it says The Cream in 1963. So um, the jury's out on whether or not that is uh, Cream. But um, just trying to, just having a little look at that, it's really trying to find out if if that is the cream. I'm not sure. Um, but um, yeah, that was that was quite interesting. The, the, the Shevels was one of the bands from from Wales, um, and also um, there were in 1968 um, there were a couple of bands called uh, the Power Stop Big Band and Liquid Umbrella. 
and there used to be a Thursday night sixty uh, Thursday scene sixty eight nights, um, and there was a venue called the Sands in Merthyr Tydville, um, and they had the yeah the Power Stop Big Band, the Unloved Liquid Umbrella, um, and that looks like one of the ones there, and um, apparently the Unloved became Angelique and then merged with the Tremolos. Now I don't know whether or not you know whether that's substantiated. I'm I'm just trying to find that out, but. This is, uh, for me, was a really fascinating, although it's probably um, 15 years, 20 years before I'm uh, my, my podcast is based, let's say it that, put it that way. But this Welsh pop and uh, rock and pop of the 60s, um, Pontypid Group, The Senators, um, the Joe Meek recording session, um, uh, apparently uh, Joe, Joe Meek was their... Um, was there um i think i think ran the record company that they were signed to that was the senators um so they yeah they had that um also um you had uh, gary edwards combo um and uh, tony sheverton they signed to oreo oreo old not the biscuit the o r i o l e 1962 they signed to uh, that record company that was uh, gary edwards combo um but um, yeah, they, were, they used to do the teenage shows and things like that. And um, "Play Gypsy Play" was um, a song. Uh, I'm just trying to have a little look, but for the September singles from uh, September 1962, and this was the Oriole Records. Um, Jan Burdett um, had uh, Teddy, the Gary Edwards combo theme for a broken heart, the Ted Taylor Four had Surf Rider, Tony Sheverton had Hey Little Girl, the Hugo Montenegro Orchestra had Dark Eyes, Maureen Evans, Like I Do. Ah, yeah, that that one. I've come across Maureen Evans, Like I Do. And, um, yeah, I haven't really... Um, I remember thinking I've, I've got somebody I work with and I work on singing, and um, it was just a, a song that came up. Um, and Maureen Evans, like I do, is uh, a very, very sim- similar tune to Camp Granada. Um, so, uh, see me love you like I do. So if, you've not, if you don't know it, have, have a look. Uh, Jack Hammer had um, a song, uh, number 2539. Vladimir Troshin had Moscow Nights. Mary Wells, you beat me to the punch. The Contours, Do You Love Me? And The Marvelettes had Beechwood 45789. That was out at that particular time. This is just basically throwing information at you because I'm like a, a kid in a candy store with this um, page. It's un- absolutely unbelievable. Some of the stuff. Um, there's there's so many so many different uh, bands to come out of there. Um, apparently, there was a the Adams Beach Club in Merthyr Tydville that opened in 1967, um, and um, apparently there were um, some of the acts to perform there were the Jug and bottle set um and also which the jug and bottle set were a swansea based six-piece band from 1966 um and apparently although the lineup may have changed um john stevens was on vocals mike link conway was lead guitar ken curtis was on bass guitar byron phillips was on drums art box or tenor sax berry ray on baritone sax Frank Jenkins on drums, Neil Adams on drums, Tony Hollis on vocals, and Mike Jackson tenor sax. Now I don't know if that was the lineup or whether that was just all of the people that was in the band at that particular time. But that was a band called the Jug and Bottle Set, and they were playing the Adams Beach Club in 1967 when it opened its uh, doors. 
And when you have a look at it, so the, the, the discotheque night, things like that, the way it's, uh, the way it's advertised. Um, and there's also, there was a Tiles nightclub, um, which was uh, in Oxford Street, actually, um, in London. Uh, and that had, uh, the reason it's on the Welsh um, uh, pop and rock of the 60s page, although, although it's Oxford Street, it has uh, Eyes of Blue, who were a Welsh band um, who came down. And they had uh, bands like the Inbetweens, the Ray King Soul Band, the Easy Beats, um, the Stormsville Shakers, the Secrets, the Minor Birds, Eyes of Blue, as I said, Robbie Ray and the Jaguars, the Mike Quinn Show, um, and yeah, so many different, um, you know, so many different uh, bands from from the sixties. And I've been looking through that. Um, uh, let's have a little look. Um, Alex Corner, who was the father of British blues, um, played uh, Abergavenny's Old Tithe Barn in 1969 um, and uh, supported were supported by a power stop big, big band. Um, that was there. That was in 1969. Oh, goodness me. So many. Um, apparently, there was a there was a winner of Opportunity Knox called Dino. Um, who was a Cardiff Docks child singing star. And she released a couple of singles around the mid-60s, Mark, um, which I believe one of them was called Just a Child in This World, I think was one of them. That was Dino, who, again, yeah, Opportunity Knocks winner um, in, 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 the, in the 60s. Um, and apparently she now lives in America, so I don't know whether that's... Uh, well, there we are. That's just what I'm telling you. Um, unbelievable. So many of these bands from from the late sixties, and, and uh, whether or not there's many of them, I'll, I'll be able to have a chat with. But they were on the scene at that particular time, trying to break in, um, and probably Man would have been one of those bands at that particular time, trying to get themselves heard, trying to get their music out there, trying to get recognised. And um, it just goes to show you, there's so many bands: Roy Denver and the Fireflies. Um, unbelievable and there was a venue called uh, the white buck inn um which was um the, for a band i think it was a, a band were called the bystanders um there was a band called the bystanders and they were playing at the white buck inn in burley and then they were at the keys hall in brentwood now i've got to be honest i don't know if that's the keys hall in in uh, brentwood in essex or whether there's another brentwood um, up there but there's a band called the bystanders who were the number one Welsh group um, in the 60s. So I don't know. I mean, we've just got to see what happens. But apparently, um, yeah, they were one of the biggest biggest bands at that particular time. In 1965, there was a band in Cardiff called The Outcasts um, who were playing places like the Checkmate Club um, or the Checkmate Discotheque Club, which was in Caerphilly. Um Oh, so many, so many different um, things. I'm, uh, again, Alexis Corner, um, who was, uh, again, a, a huge um, artist to come from Wales at that particular time. Um, uh, Lou Bug Lewis in the Cascades. They were another one from the 1960s who were, you know, at that particular time trying to get signed. Um, the Sands, again, that we've talked about, uh, which, which was in um, Merthyr Tidville, had uh, bands called uh, Zebra Leader, Omnibus, um, David, who was there on Halloween. Um, unbelievable. Just just so, uh, The Dream um, were playing there. That was a band called The Dream. Um, 
for somebody like me, this is really interesting stuff. I don't know that I'm going to get an interview with many of these um, great bands, uh, the family, the void, um, again, the bystanders, um, who again, uh, are coming along, um, bands called Pinkerton's assorted colors. Um, the fortunes were the opening act. Um, oh goodness. So, so many, um, the Palais de Dance was, um, that was the, the Plymouth Ballroom where the vampires uh, were playing and, and, and Marty Wilde, people know Marty Wilde. Um, Lucas and the Dynamos was another one that come out of Wales. Um, oh, goodness me. So, so many. Kim Lataz, um, they were advertised um, in, in Merthyr Tidville um, in the 60s. Um, Peter Lovis and the Tremolos. So I don't know if that's, I don't think that's, it's spelt different to the Tremolos, but, but Peter Lov, Lovis, uh, the Dewey Peters Skiffle Group, um, Ray Sullivan, who um, ended up singing with Peter Lovis in the Tremolos, but was in the, um, I think it was in the Dewey Peters Skiffle Group and then the Zodiacs. Um, but the, the Tremolos, that's T-R-E-M-O-L-O-S. So it's more like Tremolos, I suppose, as it's as it's said. Um, they were regulars, um at uh, the Merthyr's Miners Hall, which is um, uh, apparently still there. At least the shell is still there. Um, it's going to be a long trip for me to go to Wales to do some of these places. But, um, yeah, who knows? Um, goodness me. Uh, let's have a little look. Um, Night of the Vampires by the Moon Trekkers was uh, a, a single that came out at that particular time. Um, and then the ABC Cinema... Um, in 1969, had Alan Price, uh, Prokhor Haram. I know these um, these were slightly bigger than Grassroots, but they were obviously travelling up to Wales to play. It's funny how bands used to play at, um, you know, cinemas. It's, it's the ABC cinemas. Seems really, really strange. Uh, the Vogues, um, the, the Casuals, and uh, there was a local group, Christopher Bean, who were playing um, the Palace Palace Cinema in Welf... Uh, Tre- Treehavis Welfare Hall. You'll have to excuse me if you're listening in Wales. My um, pronunciation of some of these places is really uh, not uh, fabulous. There was an artist to come out of Wales called Richie Francis, who um, had a, an album, Songbird, which was released in 1972. Um, I don't know an awful lot about uh, Richie Francis, but I will look it up. Um, the Cordells... Um, who are another Welsh band, uh, K-O-R-D-E-L-L, apostrophe S, the Cordells. Um, and uh, they were uh, on the cabaret circuit uh, in the mid to late 70s. So probably more towards um, more, more towards our area in terms of the ones that I've been um, researching. Um, Largo by Eyes of Blue um, was uh, an album. Uh, that was out at the time. Um, the the Blackjacks um, were around at that particular time as well and released a single called The Red Dragon through the Pie label. Deke Leonard was in the band for a while um, and I believe that Deke Leonard ended up being part of Man. So just off the top of my head, I may be wrong, but I'll find that out. There was another band called Andy Pandemonium who were, this is getting a bit more recent now, they were playing around Newport in the early 80s. Andy Pandemonium, I don't know um, much much about them, but um, apparently they were playing venues like the Adam and Eve in Swansea, 
Um, and um, the Westerners, let's go back a little bit now, the Westerners, who were all dressed up as cowboys, if you like, and they were from Merthyr Tidville. They were playing at Cardiff's Master Gunners Pub um, regularly in 1968. Um, and apparently uh, they had a single out at that particular time called People Wherever They Are. Um, and they were playing at that particular time. Um, goodness me. So there were so many, so many things. And um, so many bands around at that particular time. Um, God, goodness. Um, unbelievable. To, for somebody like myself to find this this uh, gold mine of a page it's called welsh rock and pop of the 60s and it is absolutely superb i absolutely love it and i've been really um looking through and finding out what i could about some of these these bands who who came before me who paved the way to do what i do and who put music out there and did what they do and it's it's just unbelievable the amount of bands that came, and, and as I say, from that particular part of the country, uh, well, not this, but that particular part of of uh, Great Britain, you know, the Welsh people are coming across, they're playing everywhere. Um, bands like Man and so many bands to come out of there. And obviously recently you've had the Stereophonics and you've had so many to come from Wales. Shirley Bassey, of course, Tom Jones, of course. But these were the ones who were grassroots level. These were the ones who were out there in the pubs and clubs every Friday and Saturday. So a fascinating page, and I absolutely love it. Innovation Studios is the perfect place for any aspiring singer-songwriter to take their journey to the next level. Whether that be starting at the basics of building a solid foundation on your first instrument, learning the best ways to perform your first open mic, or refining your current set with an experienced performer, or recording a polished album at the highest of standards. With soundproof walls and perfect ambience and acoustics, our studio is also a great place for a budding producer to learn their craft, hone their skills and begin producing music. Check out what we have to offer throughout our website. Go to www.innovationstudios.com. Uh, another page that uh, I was alerted to and I've recently joined is a gentleman called Steve Leslie who runs a page called Keep It Out of Sight, which is a celebration of pub rock um, and unbelievable the amount of information that is on this um, group. I just absolutely love it. Um, and somebody said to me, you know, you seem like a well-informed person. What do you know about some of these bands? And some of them have been mentioned on your podcast. So I thought, well, okay, well, um, let's have a little look through. So obviously there are bands like Dr. Feelgood, Eddie and the Hot Rods, the Pirates, the Count Bishops, the Cannibals, the Cursal Flyers and Mickey Jupp. They've had a mention before. Legend, the Winkies, uh, Philip Rambo, Radio Stars, the Ducks Deluxe, Tyler Gang, uh, Sean Tyler. The Ballam Alligators, Garant Watkins, Yachts, The Inmates, uh, Lou Lewis, uh, The Motors, Little Bob Story, The Vibrators, Kilburn and the High Roads, Reckless Eric, Graham Parker and the Rumour, uh, Rugalator, Kokomo, Bees Make Honey, <laughs> Chili Willy and the Red Hot Peppers, The 101ers, The Stookers, Nine Below Zero, Mill Ticket, Brinsley Swartz, Red Beans and Rice, Rock Pole, the Hammersmith Gorillas, the Speedometers, Plummet Airlines, Q-Tips, Help Yourself, 
Eggs Over Easy, Ace, The Fabulous Poodles, The Steve Gibbons Band, um, Dirty Pictures, um, Radio Stars, Tennis Shoes. They're a band called uh, Tennis Shoes. Pico Orange. Um, oh, goodness me. <laughs> so, so many of those bands, which I'm going to find out a little bit more um, about. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping to possibly get an interview with um, Steve and talk about this stuff because he's obviously researched it again um, to a, you know, a, a, a unbelievably different level. It's The information that's on here is unbelievable. And I didn't want to join it and then immediately go, oh, hey, look, I've got this podcast. Why don't you, um, you know, why don't you decide you want to be on here? It was just for me. I was just thinking, goodness, let's have a look. Um, but the information that I was able to find on, on there was just mind numbing. So many, um, different, um, artists and so many different bands. Um, the Pinkies didn't get a mention though. So we'll have to have a little, uh, you know, a little, little chat about that. Cause, uh, <laughs> to me, they were, uh, you know, one of the big ones to come from here. Um, but yeah, um, an unbelievable amount of um, information that was coming up on there. And um, just mind-numbing, the amount of bands that were around at that particular um, time. Just uh, obviously there's there are a few members on there who, who won't, I won't mention their names, but you have, they are related to some of the um, Dr. Feelgood guys and there's some brilliant photos on there. Um, and um, so many different... Um, uh, pictures and old photos of of um, Mickey Jupp and um, who had a hit with uh, had a hit, but he had a song called Taxi Driver in 1982. Um, and also there are um, the only ones um, who were another band out that particular time. Um, don't know an awful lot about them, but again, just trying to find a little bit more about them. Um, and just so many um, different. Um, bands, the Jags. Um, uh, the Jags were like a pub circuit band in the seventies and eighties, um, and they got they got a spot on the old Grey Whistle Test. The Jags. Uh, they had a song called "Back of My Hand," which um, I don't know if if um, somebody ended up um, doing a cover of it or anything like that. I'm not sure, um, but um, apparently they were. Um, yeah, they were on tour. They used to play Holland and go around and Rotterdam and stuff like that. Uh, the stateside in Bournemouth. Um, yeah, the Jags, um, in brackets, I've got your number. So, uh, the Jags were, ma were managed by a gentleman called Richard Griffiths, who ended up giving ACDC their first UK gigs. Uh, later on went on to manage One Direction. Um, so... Yeah, but there again, uh, the Jags come under the power pop um, genre apparently. So I'm going to find out a little bit more about the Jags. Um, they were around uh, again towards the late 70s. Um, so yeah, let's find out a little bit more about the Jags. Uh, they were from Yorkshire. Uh, they were formed in Scarborough in 1978, um, and their lineup was Nick Watkinson on vocals, John Older guitar and backing vocals, Steve Prudence on bass, and then Neil Whittaker originally on drums, and then Alex Baird on drums, Michael Cotton, who was on bass backing vocals, and Patrick O'Toole, who was on piano and keyboard. 
Um, they signed to Ireland Records in 1979 and released a four-track um, debut 12-inch EP, which had the song we've just mentioned, Back of My Hand, Double Visions, Single Visions, What Can I Do? Um, it was Back of My Hand was described as simply one of the best records that Elvis Costello never made. So I'm going to have a listen to that and have a little look, uh, listen to that later. But their debut album, Evening Standards, um, came out the following year, which would have been 1980. Um, they were playing the London pubs and the college gigs and stuff like that. But they were, again, they came under the power pop, jangly power pop. So they would have been on the same... Um, or the same, in the same genre as the Pinkies. Um, they signed to Island Records in July 1978, yes, and released their four-track. Um, and, yeah, they had an album, Evening Standards, in 1980. Um, and then they had an album, the following, follow-up uh, album in 1981 was called No Tie Like a Present. Um, they had Back of My Hand was a 1979 single. Woman's World um, and Party Games, I Never Was a Beach Boy, came out in 1980. Here Comes My Baby in 1981 and The Sound of Goodbye in 1981. Um, Back of My Hand and Here Comes My Baby were released um, in the US. But that's all we pretty much um, know about them. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit more about them. So if anybody can give me any information on the Jags, I'm going to look them up because um, I think that they would probably have a few stories to tell. Um, so I'll probably, my, my homework this week uh, will be to try and track down um, either Nick Watkinson, John Alder, Steve Prudence, Alex Baird, Michael Cotton, Patrick O'Toole, Neil Whitaker, Richard Mazda or Barry Graham, who were past members of the Jags. I've not seen anything of them since, so I don't know, um, you know, they're, they're a band that came up um, and I'm finding out a bit about them, but I'm curious about them now, and now I want to learn a bit more about them. Um, they were doing stuff like Run Around. Did anybody remember Run Around with Mike Reed? The last place you'd expect Mike Reed to be on with a load of kids, Run Around. But, um, yeah, brilliant. And they were, um, yes, they were around at that particular time, the late 70s, um, and again, Power Pop. Um, just, they were around, but they 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 come under the one-hit wonder bracket. Um, but that's not technically true. They have a full catalogue of other fine work that just didn't reach the, uh, the, the larger pop audiences uh, at that particular time. But they had um, 1979, as I've said before, Back of My Hand was a single that they, uh, that they released. And at that particular time, the record labels and the radios in the UK what they were forced to allow new wave and punk sounds to edge onto the airwaves. Um, but long before the, the US Big Brothers would even consider such an experiment, the young public's interest um, was meant, meant that a new breed of UK bands were quickly uh, cultivated, signed and promoted, and the Jags were perfectly uh, suited. So they started in 1978, as we know, um, and they were working... Um, they were going to Wales to rehearse, um, which is obviously that would be another Welsh connection there somewhere. Um, see how these things are. It's unbelievable how incestual this um, music scene is. The amount of people that, uh, that um, you know, end up um, just working together and you think, wow, you know, it's unbelievable. And they were playing pubs and stuff like that. And, um, and they, were, they were rehearsing in the Welsh hills. Um, and they were working together, and they were signed to Conspiracy Management. They were playing the London pubs and the college gigs. 
And then, as I said, Ireland Records, uh, Chris Blackwell from Ireland Records found the Jags and signed them immediately. Um, and apparently, um, there were uh, the problem started straight away. <laughs> there were fights on stage and uh, thing like things like that started kicking off straight away. So I don't know if there were any substances or anything like that, but uh, that was why the drummer was replaced because there was a big fight. Um, and yeah, the, the sound in 1979 was jangly and uh, based around clean ringing guitars with slashing rhythms. So again, power pop, um, full of hooks and um, and uh, yeah, there, there were Beatles reference, references that crept into their press, press clippings at that particular time. Um, they basically, uh, like, we had this conversation with Andy, who uh, Andy Price of the Pinkies, who said that everything was basically, whenever they were mentioned, they were talked about as being... Um, you know, the next Beatles, but the Jags were, were talked about as being Elvis Costello imitators, which was a little bit unfair. And I never really, um, recovered from that. Um, just basically, um, were, were tagged in the same, uh, genre. Oh, you sound like Elvis Costello. Well, I'm going to listen to their albums because I'm curious now, um, about the Jags and I, and my homework next week, I'm going to be back here and I'm going to learn a bit more about this band and hopefully I might get an interview with one or two of them. I'm hoping I will with some of your your help. Island Records, um, as I said, did, released Back of My Hand. Um, and it was um, recorded live in the studio, which again, at that particular time, we've talked about this, um, about how things are layered these days. But back then, it was a case of trying to get um, the, your live sound on an album. Um, and uh, Buggles, who of course video killed the radio star, um, the Buggles version of Back of My Hand was already a UK hit in 1979. Um, so they they had kind of released a song, and then the Buggles had come along and taken it and uh, made it even bigger. And I suppose they didn't really have that that far to go after that. I don't know. I'll find a bit more about it. But they appeared on programs like the Old Grey Whistle Test. Um, and they played, on the Old Grey Whistle Test, they played Evening Standards and Tune Into Heaven, which were two songs from the album, um, which was recorded at CBS in London. Um, and um, unbelievably, unbelievably, we then continued recording the remainder of the album, get this, at Marcus Music Studios. So M-A-R-C-U-S Music Studios, again in London. Now, obviously it wasn't me because I was five, but it's nice to see my name in any capacity because I thought I was one of the few Marcuses that's around. Um, and yeah, they were, they again, they were just tagged um, by uh, the Elvis Costello sound. And um, and there were journalists at that particular time, Des Moines, who were saying, uh, we're not a mod band. They're not a mod band. They're not a punk band. Um, so difficult to find their niche. Um, and they were very, very protective of the fact that they were always compared to Elvis Costello. But um, the music critics didn't really react to their stuff as they just basically tagged them as Elvis Costello. C Costello copycats. Um, and I don't know whether that's fair. I'm going to have a little listen to that. Um, there were a couple of live recordings made. Um, one of them was at London's Paris Theatre for the BBC. Um, so it looks like a lot of things were going on at that particular time. Um, but yeah, I'm going to find out a little bit more. Uh, the 1981, um, album came out and again, they got the same Elvis Costello, this, they've got this, they've got that. Um, 
and uh, sadly, um, which I, I have mentioned, but but um, sadly, they their original drummer Neil Whitaker um, passed away. Um, just just had enough. Just uh, once once the band um, once he'd left the band, he never really got over it. So. Um, in 1982, after two albums, uh, the Jags were no more. Um, they were only really beginning to reach their potential. There, there seems to be a, a similarity here between uh, the Jags and the Pinkies. Same genre, same kind of story in as much as they were just beginning to make real waves and then um, just went their separate ways. So I'm going to um, see if I can find out a little bit more about them. Um, it's definitely worth a, worth a little search out. So that's a band called The Jags. So um, that's going to be something that I'm going to look at this week and find out a little bit more about them. I've had a brilliant uh, time over the last um, couple of days just researching some of this and trying to find out what I can about these bands. And uh, I hope that you, with your help, I'll be able to find out a little bit more about them. Um, but definitely The Jags are one of the bands I'm going to have a look uh, at they even had some b-sides that was called dumb blonde which was um out only got to number 75 um but that was a b-side so there were you know they were kind of around at that particular time and um yeah it's it looks like there were a few bands at that particular time that that tasted it and um didn't necessarily go on to too much but i don't i don't know um they were doing enough shows and they were playing a lot of places and uh, I feel like I'd like to do an interview with them at some point. So I'm going to try and find out a bit more about the Jags. Um, and until I do, um, you will have to wait um, probably another week. Don't forget, every single night you can listen to a road story um, until I get fed up with it and then I don't do it anymore. We'll see how we go with that. But um, yeah, I've got enough, I'm sure, just to keep you filled in and give you something to listen to. But um Look, thanks for being me, mate. Thanks for listening in. Um, and thanks for um, your continued support. Um, there's a, a lot of things coming up. I have so many people that I want to interview, so many people that I'm meaning to interview. But this time of year, it's not always easy. But um, yeah, I'm going to be here uh, next week and I'll be doing a little piece about the Jags, hopefully. I don't know if I'll be play, able to play anything because I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But I can certainly... Um, learn a little bit more about them and I'll try and find out a bit more. If any of the bands I've mentioned tonight ring a bell with you, please let me know and I'll try and um, find out what I can about them. Um, always great to hear about these bands and um, as I said, lots of interviews coming up, lots of things coming up um, and I'll be back next week, all right? But uh, until I speak to you then, have a great week. Look after yourselves. Um, hopefully you'll be thinking about getting your Christmas shopping. Looks like we'll be able to get together this year, which would be really, really nice. Um, so all good. Right. Listen, I'm out of here. All right. Because otherwise I could talk about this stuff all night and you, you'd never be able to go. I could just do three or four hours nonstop and I think people would be asleep. If you're not asleep already, wake up. Right. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. Um, I'll be back next week. Don't forget Road Stories every single uh, weeknight at five o'clock. www.innovationstudios.com to find out more about the studio and how we can help you and what we can do in terms of recording and workshops and remixing and stuff like that. Also, my little plug again for RipX, which is not because I'm, I'm being paid, but just because I my jaw hit the floor when I was able to find these things out. I've tried for years 
to try and take a vocal off of something so I could work work on it or learn it or something. And now you can. So have a look at that. Don't forget those pages I draw your attention to. Um, and yeah, look, that is it. Promise you, that's it. I'm back next week. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.